Ole, 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 Europe, Europe, Europe. Week two of champions in Europa League dominate the conversation on this episode of Full Time Roundup. Five champions, league favorites take charge and take care of business, and three major upsets rock some of the groups, plus top four leagues show off their strength across Europa. We cover all this, and Daniel gives us his picks for the domestic weekend. Full Time Roundup starts right now and welcome into another special european nights episode of the full-time roundup matt gesslin here with the one and only daniel Brackett. as always daniel there was so much action today across all of europe as well as tuesday and wednesday i know those tuesday wednesday that is were the highlights for me and man are there some areas to focus on and cover uh anything that stood out to you and what what are you tracking on uh as we kick into the the height of Europa and Champions League. Hey Matt, hope you're doing well. Um, just a forewarning for all of our listeners, I I am in the car on the way to the beach, so we we're doing a car cast uh, on my side. I love a today, car cast. So, I love a car so, cast. So bear with me if you hear any outside noise or or it's it's a little bit different than usual. So appreciate your your flexibility here, Matt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just kind of thinking to myself, especially during the, the uh, UCL slate, I was like, damn, man, it is undefeated. I mean, we had so many goals this week. We didn't actually tally, I don't think, how many goals were scored um, this week, but it just seemed like every group had at least seven plus, which is just so enjoyable for, for the watcher. I mean, you don't, no one wants to watch a, a nil-nil hard-fought draw Everyone wants goals, especially for the neutral, because um, I don't really have a dog in any of these fights here. So I'm just here for the action, and, and it, it delivered. It did deliver. Uh, no dog in the fight for me as well. Of course, with Chelsea not being in any European competition, we can, you know, <laughs> let's all let's all be sad for each other and, and cry our sleep ourselves to sleep. Uh, but of course, uh, as you mentioned, you being in the car, a car cast, please don't hit anybody. Uh, more importantly, Mista Mista, uh, do not get off this lady. Uh, if you don't know that reference, uh, go check out Happy Gilmore anytime. Uh, but there's a lot to cover. Daniel, we have a, not a lot of time. We'll jump right into it. Uh, we'll go group by group in the Champions League, and then uh, you know we'll focus on some of the more highlighted groups. And, and you know, of course, you had your, your Liverpool play in Europa, so... Um, First out of the gate, Group A, Daniel, uh, an interesting group right now. Uh, one that you know, of course, we were expecting the two favorites, Bayern Munich and Manchester United, to to really establish themselves and and come out of here on top. But um, Copenhagen gave Bayern a, a, a pretty good challenge uh, on the road. Uh, one thing I do want to call out um, is that Copenhagen has been a tough tough out at home. Uh, last year, they they drew to both Sevilla. Dortmund and City holding Sevilla and City to 0-0 draws and only conceding one goal to, to Dortmund. So um, any surprises? Of course, Byron do get it done. They score two after going down early um, to Copenhagen, but get the 2-1 win. Anything that stood out to you there? I know you know Byron's been kind of shaky here uh, the last couple of weeks, it, it, it seems at least. Yeah, the uh, the ship is definitely rocking here for, for Byron and and like you said, Copenhagen are kind of a, have been a sneaky team in in Europe the last few years, and uh, I honestly didn't realize that until you just said that. Uh, but I was very impressed with them. 
uh, a couple of weeks back when they when they played Galatasaray and they gave them a fight. And I I was pretty high on this Galatasaray team. So when I saw that, I was like, maybe this won't be as cut and dry of a, a group as, as I thought it was. And um, Byron just looked like they were sleepwalking. We've seen that a few times this year. And and we've seen some of the best of Tuchel Ball, and we've seen some of the worst of Tuchel Ball uh, within these first, what, five to seven weeks here of the season. So it's, it hasn't been great uh, last, what, say, after they humbled Bochum, it hasn't been a great what, last week or so for them. Uh, but maybe with Oktoberfest, they've just been – partying a little bit too much and and they're just a little hungover from that you would think it'll be interesting to see what happens of course they do get a break um before they get to copenhagen at home as the next fixture so like i said copenhagen on the road a very tough matchup of course they still have manchester united to play in the back-to-back here that uh that will be the next two weeks so uh, of champions league play especially and europe leagues as well they do back-to-back so home and aways for the two opponents Thankfully, I think uh, to you know Manchester United's relief, they play at Old Trafford first. Um, Daniel, that although who knows after this past week to Galatasaray, that might be more of a, a, a curse than a blessing. Manchester United go down three to two. Uh, any thoughts on this matchup? But boy, is this this is just becoming more and more of a storyline for United week in week out. Yeah, I mean Galatasaray. I was. They they probably were were kind of kicking themselves, especially playing Copenhagen at home first, and and not at least getting wait they got a hard earned point if I remember correctly. But uh, this was an interesting matchup. I actually liked I liked Galatasaray a lot in this match, especially with injuries uh, mounting, injury crisis, and then on top of that, Casemiro gets sent off um, late in the match, which makes things worse. And and this is not even this scoreline was was bad, but I mean, Icardi missed a penalty as well, so it could have been a lot worse for United. You see a Rashford who just who doesn't look like he did last year. I mean, he had a, a breakaway and just instead of just putting it away like most strikers would, try to sweat it across the Bruno, and it didn't work out. And uh, I I don't think Tenag's going to be here for much longer, Matt. Well, that is a, a statement right there, folks. Um, something I've been trying to get out of Daniel since the beginning of the season <laughs> is how long will Eric Ten Hag be around for? I think uh, the writing is a little bit on the wall. You know, this is a big. They are bottom of the group. Um, this is a big time right now for them, not only in Champions League, and, and obviously we can spend a whole entire episode just on Manchester United and their problems. But, um, you know, they're having struggles in the Champions League. They're having struggles in uh, Premier League. They're having struggles in the front office, in the coaching in the coaching room. Everywhere you look for Manchester United, it's a problem. Um, I guess if you, if you feel that they're not going to – if you feel that Eric Ten Hag is getting fired here soon, do you see them advancing uh, in this group or, or someone else is going to surprise you? I don't – I don't even think they – they might get Europa League, honestly, at this rate. I mean, especially with Casemiro. And and and, and it's a dire state. The whole club is just pretty shit, honestly, from the owners down. It just has trickled down. It's been just bad for years. And, and we're kind of seeing the fruits of that, the labor kind of just witnessed before our eyes, honestly. And I just they're, – they're not doing well in the league either. And I don't think sacking Ten Hag – 
is going to do very much for them. But Tenog's also not doing much for them right now as well. I mean, he's setting them up for fail, uh, to fail, uh, excuse me. I mean, I, I, I think you have to put Amrabat next to Casemiro when he is not being sent off. Um, I think that's the only way you're going to win games. And, and you just got to find putting him at left back. I mean, you see they, he got exploited for one of those goals. He's just not putting – He's putting uh, square pegs in round holes right now, and, and it's becoming pretty glaringly obvious. It does feel that way, and and you hope that, to your point, they at least try and, and, and salvage a way to stay in Europa um, if they don't make it through the group. And it uh, would be a huge blow for one of the biggest teams in England to not make it, uh, and obviously a, a predicted favorite to advance here with Bayern Munich, who I think we both agree do advance. Um, I, I'll go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt. I think... I think United still find a way to get out of this group. We'll see if I'm proven wrong, but uh, it's really dire right now. Another team that uh, sticking with England and, and the theme there that had a, a really rough week and a, a, rough, a rough game, I should say, not a rough week, but uh, is Arsenal um, going to Lens and and you know losing um, not only the game on the field but also one of their biggest players, Daniel. They have a huge matchup this weekend against against Manchester City, and Saka goes down with what appears to be a reoccurring injury from the Bournemouth match. Uh, over the weekend, uh, this group now is, is completely flipped on its head. You look at Lance, who's winning the group with four points, Arsenal with three points, Sevilla, who we've talked numerous times about being a, a European uh, juggernaut, um, not necessarily in the in the league, but in the tournament. They You don't want to play Sevilla. Um, no. And then, of course, PSV, who are top the Eredivisie at the bottom with one point. Um, any thoughts here? This is a, a pretty wide open group right now. And, um, you know, anyone I feel like I feel like this is anyone's group. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're right about that. And I, I personally expected it to be a close game against Lons, but I didn't expect Lons to, to get a result or at least three points here. And and Saka injury, they, they in times of need, they lean on him probably more than they should. And Saka just happens to, I would say Saka and Odegaard uh, do bail them out. And it's going to be interesting who steps up because now you got Martinelli injured, you got Saka injured. So you're going to have to lean on the likes of, of Trossard. Are you going to play Inkedia and then Gabby Jesus on the wing? Um, or are you going to, you know, call up a, a Reese Nelson to kind of fill that void? It's going to be interesting to see uh, what Arteta does after international break and maybe international break being after this weekend is the perfect best case scenario for them to kind of get healthy before um, all the action starts back. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Sevilla were, I believe in the, no, no, PS, was it PSV? Who was leading? Was it Sevilla? Sevilla was leading and I think gave up points to PSV. So they're going to be kicking themselves as well, but it is a very wide open group, uh, a strong group that I don't, I didn't really think would, uh, amount to much but it's it hasn't failed so far yeah a, a surprising group agreed uh for me too you know looking at it from the beginning you you assumed arsenal psv were going to be just given their play in the domestic league the the two teams that come out of this group but a wide open group we did always say from the start watch out for sevilla um, and, and you never know what's going to happen a group that is starting though to to kind of separate itself and you mentioned injuries and the, a great segue into this team of course that's Real Madrid still finding a way to to make things happen, even though they have, you know, pretty decimated backline. We've talked about it before, Daniel, how that may impact them going forward in this tournament. I think in the group stage, though, um, they they look to be okay. They get 
a big three points against Napoli on the road. Uh, Jude Bellingham, what else can we say at this point? Puts on his Superman cape again. Great assist and then a, another fantastic finish, although you can blame some defending there on, on, on letting a, a player of his caliber essentially try, you know, take the ball and go 25 yards into the box and, and you know, not put a, not put a glove on them. Um, but they, they look impressive and Napoli sits second in this group. Uh, again, more struggles for union Berlin here, Daniel. I'm not sure, you know, how, how far they're going to fall. Not only, obviously it doesn't look promising for them with zero points through two matches in the champions league, but also domestically as well, a, a tough, a tough time for union Berlin right now. Yeah. And, and if I did for every time we, we, we said the same thing. What can you say? Jude is just magic and, and his goal contributions. I, I mean, he had a decent, a decent bit for Dortmund last year, but he's just completely gone um, to a new level. And, and if I'm Napoli here, I, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. I, I, I imagine they would be kind of licking their lips at this encounter, especially at home in Naples, uh, just with the injury list that is Real Madrid right now. And this was the perfect opportunity for them to, to grab a draw here and, and try to fight for that top spot. And, and I mean, when, when you hit him as sweet as, uh, Belverde did, there's not really much you can do. Um, but yeah, no, the pivot to the other game union Berlin continue to stink. It's, it's looking pretty bad for them. And we see this every once in a while when a, a team outperforms, uh, they get some European football and then and then they just can't kind of put results together and domestic and then in Europe. So it's kind of tough to see. But hey, shout out to Braga. They they went out and got it done and, and they've been punching above their weight just like Union had, but are actually getting results here. Yeah. And you mentioned Braga. I have they, a question they, for you, too. Yeah, go after. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Is Jude herring Real Madrid right now and, and, and saving Ancelotti? I mean, I, I feel like I feel like that that's an easy answer. I think you know he, we've talked about his his late heroics and and especially in the league games um, and and getting some goals and in, in ninety plus um, to carry them. They easily could be you know they're undefeated right now in the league, um, but it could very easily have been a very different start had Jude Bellingham not put on his cape and and that's why we speak so highly of him, right? You know, it's not because of hyperbole or he makes one or two moves here and there. He's literally carrying Real Madrid for me, uh, you know, and I think. They'll go as far as he goes, uh, which is amazing yeah. to say as, you know, as a 20 year old that puts on the shirt um, and that's not a small shirt to put on. And, um, you know, that's one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in the world. And he just steps right in and boy, does he fit. You know, he looks like he was bent, meant to be there and been playing at Real Madrid for 10 plus years and in a Galactico, really. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, you just you don't really expect that. And. Uh, you know, someone mentioned to me the other day and, and you kind of put it in perspective, right? All these guys getting big moves and, and making moves to big clubs and they need time to adjust or they need time to to kind of settle in with a new league. You know what? If you're if you have what it takes and you're the real deal, you don't need that adjustment period. You just jump right into it. And and you're seeing that right now with a player like Jude Bellingham. Again, what else can we say? 20 years old. But just keep that in perspective, folks. The kid is 20 years old and he's, you know, eight goals for Real Madrid in nine games um in, in the biggest in the biggest moments and you see the connection he has with his teammates too it's just incredible i mean he's he's not only arguably the best player in the world as we speak which is we haven't really talked about it but i, I genuinely think he is the best player in the world uh currently and and you just see that he he's he not only fit like a glove for real madrid but he he's also just made connections and hit it off with all his madrid teammates and and these best teams in the world the galacticos if you say 
uh, as you will, will they're they're not easy dressing rooms at times, and and we've seen with PSG with the disarray that of last season. So I've just been really impressed with not only Jude as a player, but Jude as a person. He's a natural leader, and I, I just am running out of adjectives to kind of explain him. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Like you mentioned, and and again, we could go on and on about this kid, and and there's a lot to cover. But uh, you know, you mentioned you know him being a leader. He you know he first came in and. Uh, said, I want to learn from Tony Cruz and, and Luka Modric and, uh, and boy, has he, uh, you know, not to put those guys aside and, and say they're, they're slouches. They're obviously some of the best players in the last decade. Um, but he's really taken the mantle from those guys and, and putting on a show, uh, week in, week out in La Liga, uh, another team from La Liga that we've been very high on and, and continues to impress Daniel, uh, Real Sociedad in, in group D, uh, atop the group there along with Inter. Um, you know, big, big win here against uh, against Salzburg, uh, a team that, you know, has been struggling, uh, but still kind of stays in the in the hunt. Um, one point behind the top two, of course, the, low, the lowly Benfica with no points there. Um, this is a tough group to, for, to pick as well. A lot of these groups, of course, of course, let's be honest, this is Champions League. This is the best of the best. Uh, so it is not expect, unexpected that a lot of these groups are, are tight, but um, some that you kind of thought would be a lot more wide open um, are, mm -hmm. are a little bit more uh, nail biters than you thought. And, and it is week two, so we'll see what happens. There's a lot that happens here in between weeks three and four. But um, any thoughts on on uh, on Group D at this point? I'm really impressed with Real Sociedad. Uh, we we talked about or we discussed who's on our top four, and I actually picked them to be maybe in my top four for for Liga for the year. Um, I they they got two early goals which which definitely helped their case because Salzburg uh say what you want and how young and unexperienced their squad is but uh they're no slouches and 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 there's been question marks about the coach but when you have just so much young talent on that team and just how fearless they are you'll you'll never not back them to to at least get a goal or two and and that's good to see and and they and I mean Real Sociedad took care of business. They didn't concede any late. There was no nervous moments. So so it's good to see. And then talking about you know Inter Milan, what does Latero Martinez have to do to score a goal? Did you see all those misses he had? Multiple posts. I think he you know he used them all up in the league, scoring four. So Crazy. you know it's kind of one of it's kind of one of those things. Which do you prefer? Uh, you'd almost prefer him to have two and two, but. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a rough a rough week, I guess, if you want to say a guy who scored four. But uh, when it matters most in Champions League, they they weren't able to get it done. But uh, they're still in pretty good shape, Daniel. I think you know, for me, of course, Benfica is, is, is a surprise of this group, just given how um, nor, you know historically uh, notoriously mm -hmm. strong they've been in, in in Portugal as well as in this tournament. They they usually advance, but for me, uh, Real Sociedad, Inter look look to be the strongest um, in this in this group for me. I, I agree, and I'm thinking Salzburg will probably secure that that Europa spot, and and unfortunately Benfica will have to kind of focus on on winning Liga Nos, and and that'll be that for them. Yeah, and and don't look now, but we've talked about the last three groups, and and first and second place in those groups are both uh, La Liga and Serie A teams. Daniel, um, mm. Group E as well. You have Atletico Madrid, who get a huge result against uh, Feyenoord. Uh, you know, crazy 3-2 win over over that team when going down. And never thought I'd say that Diego Simeone's team scores three goals back-to-back -back games. 
Um, and then Lazio, who we talked about having a lot of struggles in the league to start, uh, you know, coming on strong in, in the Champions League, second place right now. Of course, again, preface it, it's early. Uh, Feyenoord's only one point behind, but uh, a really interesting group as well. Uh, you know, two two top teams uh, that, you know, again, come from the same league. And uh, it'll be an interesting dynamic here. And, and you know, Antoine Griezmann, uh, what can you say about him? He's been maybe the best player since since Qatar. Um, and then, uh, of course, Alvaro Morata, who continues his form with two goals. Questionable call on the first one for him, but, uh, you know, they count. Uh, no no VAR decision here that ruled ruled that one over. Yeah, that was that offside call was tough. I, I honestly had no idea which which way the ref was going to go with that. Um, just because he made the run, but he didn't make a play for the ball. So it, that was a tough one. There were some tough VAR calls throughout the whole uh, Champions League slate here. Um, Griezmann with the the nice bicycle kick. You love to see that. And, and I mean, they go down early to a, a beautiful Quinton Timber to – I can't remember who the striker was for Feyenoord, and and he slots it away off off a tough deflection from Cardoso or was it Cardoso? I can't remember who that defender was, but uh, Atletico start off rough. They fight back and and they end up kind of just sliding by. Now I did tweet from the account. I'm just imagining in my head if Santiago Jimenez played for Feyenoord, how this match would have probably been a, an instant classic 4-3 match. Uh, but Feyenoord are, are punching above their weight, in my opinion, and I've been super impressed with them this year, and they handled Ajax uh, a week or two ago, and, and, and they keep getting results in the Champions League, and it's going to be really interesting to see if they can actually fight for that second spot. Yeah, you mentioned punching above their weight, so I have to ask the question: um, Who who comes out of this group for you, Daniel? Is it, it does Feyenoord get it done, or is it is it still Atleti and and Lazio for you? Um, I think that Feyenoord and Atletico make it out. Atletico topping the group, and just because of Lazio's abysmal away record and just how they kind of started the season, um, they will not make it and go to Europa League. But but hey, they they got it done at Celtic and maybe that's like a season turning around right there just the last 90 what 94th minute goal from Pedro you'll love to see it I mean I had them in the parlay and that I mean I, I was very heavy on Lazio on Lazio this week I, I didn't understand why they weren't being favored and and they got it done so can they keep can they put one result after another that's the question of the day here yeah, and of course, uh, you mentioned Celtic. Poor Brendan Rodgers uh, just cannot buy a win in in not only in Champions League but struggling in the league as well. He goes back to you know where he, he came from before going to Leicester, and and things just have not been great for him in that return back to Celtic. You hope that they can kind of get things turned around, but uh, looks looks like a lowly spot to be for them uh, in this group. And and I agree with you. I, I mean, Feyenoord has been been impressive. Um, you know, I, I of course I think Aleti gets gets it done at the top and and Feyenoord, uh and takes the second place. So it'll it'll be an interesting position uh, that would leave one one Italian team out. Um, that would you know we talked about a couple of Italian teams before. We're talking about one last one here in the big group that everyone has been talking about. Daniel Group F, Group of Death, it has not disappointed so far. Every team is still in this group. Um, of course. The big matchup in this group this past week was at St. James's Park with Newcastle United absolutely dismantling uh, PSG 4-1. to one. 
St. James's was absolutely rocking. If you didn't see the the pre-match activity and the festivities with the fans, check it out. Uh, one of the best environments I've I've seen, and I'm not even a big Jordy fan. Um, but what was your key takeaway from this game? And a big surprise for me at, at four to one. I mean, maybe you think that Newcastle can get a result or maybe get a draw, but I didn't expect four one after that match. Um, I was thinking it'd probably be a draw. And then I saw the, the starting lineups and I just couldn't really fathom what uh, Luis Enrique was thinking with uh, his starting lineup. He basically played a, a 4-2-4 almost at the Toon Army, which which makes sense. I mean, I heard a stat. It was Sir, the last time Champions League or Newcastle played in the Champions League. Sir Bobby Robson was was coaching in, I think it was 3 um, that, that was three years after I was born, so that, that's a pretty long time. Um, and Luis Enrique, that loss is on him. Um, I mean, that that you got to play his four three three. He he tinkered too much with it, and they just got overrun. Like like the uh, legendary Ray, uh, Roy Hudson or sorry Ray Hudson said, PSG looked like a giraffe on skates here. Bad giveaways. They were just getting pressed, playing out of the back, and it was pretty disgusting, abysmal performance for for PSG here. Yeah, you mentioned the lineup, a strange one for me as well. Um, you put two youngsters. I mean, Ergate is a great player. He's going to be great, but he's the older of the two in the midfield at 22 years old. Uh, of course, Zaire Emery, 17, and, and you're putting them on the road at one of the most notoriously difficult places to play. And you mentioned 20 years since the last last opportunity in Champions League. That's just a, a really difficult place to to put two youngsters in. Of course, you're not getting much help from Mbappe, who is absolutely useless, not only on the ball, off the ball, just didn't even come back and defend. And, and same with Dembele. Not to be surprised about Dembele, honestly, but you know, leaving completely those guys exposed, carrying Trippia down the right-hand side, just had a field day with, with having all sorts of time. And uh, you know, there's some opportunity there. You know, Luis Enrique mentioned a couple of mistakes that cost them. I think it's more than just a couple of mistakes. Um, oh, yeah. I think there's a lot, a lot to this that needs to be unpacked. And I think you're looking at, you know, the beginning of the end of the Mbappe era at PSG. I think the longer that he can stay there, I think the worse that PSG will end up being. They're having trouble in the league as well. I think, you know, you look at for reference, you mentioned Ray Hudson, who, uh, of course, with his magical calls of Lionel Messi. Uh, and and what he did over the years and and how you know when Messi got older he adapted and and had teams around him and, and players that worked worked for him off the ball you saw that with Argentina in the World Cup and, and you don't have that right now with this PSG team you didn't have it last year with that PSG team either with Messi and Neymar and Mbappe and Mbappe is just not going to work back for you he's just going to stay up top and then you bring in guys like Dembele who's going to do the same thing and Kulamani they're not going to come back and work and, and help the defenders or the midfielders and it just leaves you outnumbered um, and you see what happens that 4-1 drubbing I would say um, and it could have oh, yeah. been a lot worse um, you know, the stats look like it's more possession for PSG, but you never felt like PSG other than the Mbappe chance early on was in this match. Um, and it felt like a, a Newcastle win through and through and and a big moment for Newcastle. Um, you know, they're playing Huge. well in the league now. And of course, this is a momentum builder, confidence builder for these guys. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens for them. Um, of course, the other game in this group, Daniel. AC Milan and, and Borussia Dortmund, uh, they are they get a draw in this one, 0-0 draw. That's two games now for AC Milan without a goal. 
um, of course, they can do it. They can keep moving and, and, and continuing to advance. And we saw them do it last year. You know, going to Sincerio is going to be a tough challenge for anybody. Uh, but you would have to think that Milan have to score a goal at some point to advance from this particular group, right? This group is just too tough to not score any, not score a goal. Yeah, no, you're, you're right on that. And and uh, kind of harp on uh, not scoring goals. Dortmund are the only team in the entire competition to not register one big chance. So they've been one of probably the worst teams in the entire um, in the entire Champions League this year. And and this Milan Dortmund game looked like the battle of mid, honestly, in my opinion. And and it would have been, I mean, I guess a point, a good a good result for for both uh, for both teams, especially with PSG losing here. Um, but they who's gonna who's gonna step up and, and get three points for for both of these teams and we see we see Gio Reyna with another did not play at all and and when when your team needs a, a goal late and, and you got a player who's so mercurial like him you you think Karzik would give him the opportunity and it was pretty disappointing not and and Rafa Leal has still been shut out in this Champions League campaign which has been surprising so this this group is this group is far from over and and I, I feel like it's anyone's group. And, I mean, credit to Eddie Howe for how he kind of managed Newcastle against PSG. And maybe PSG turns it around here. But I honestly could not predict this group for the life of me. Yeah, it will be interesting. You mentioned Eddie Howe and getting his team. They do, have, of course, have to go to the yellow wall, which will be just an absolute environment. Same with, with St. James's Park. So you're looking at two of the best environment. Yeah, absolutely. Iconic arenas. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, of course, the home matches are massive in, in, in any of these games and uh, Dortmund only getting a point at home. Same with Milan against against Newcastle. Will that come back to haunt both of these teams? We will see. Um, I'm going to give you a surprise here, Daniel. I'm going to give you a surprise. I have Newcastle and Dortmund advancing um, from wow. this group. I'll, I'll go ahead and put that on paper. Um, that's my prediction. I, I won't. I won't hold you to, to a pick right now. We'll we'll get one from you after the next match. But um, that for me is is you know the the group here. And of course, like you said, anyone's group group of death. That's what happens. And uh, you have four very strong teams. I, I just don't think you can count out a Borussia Dortmund, who we've talked about have not been playing their best ball, and yet they still continue to hang around both domestically and and in the Champions League. And if they can find some form or they get a a, a cheeky result here or there, they advance for me and. Um, Newcastle sitting at the top. Uh, that's, you know, it's easy when you sit at the top. So uh, that's who I have. Um, you know, if there's any way that you want to chime in, I'll, I'll leave the floor for you. If not, we can advance to, to Group G and get you off the hook. I kind of want to get in on the fun here. And I'm going to say PSG still tops the group, which is hard for me to say, but I, I do think they'll, they'll turn around, especially if Enrique goes back to the 4 3 3. That has been winning them games uh, domestically and abroad. And I'm going to say Newcastle is my second pick with Milan in third and Dortmund in fourth. So I disagree with you. Well, well, we'll see who turns out to be correct. And, and of course, great picks all around. You can't go wrong. It's it's a toss-up. Now, one group that is pretty much, I would say, set in stone for me is, is Group G. Daniel, of course, a big matchup uh, at RB Leipzig Arena with Manchester City and going in and getting three points in a 3-1 win. Uh, but for me, Manchester City, RB Leipzig come out of this. 
uh, especially with with young boys and, and Red Star splitting the points um, in a wild back and forth game. But uh, too much firepower at both of those top two teams. Um, you know, City looked great again and, and kind of finding that form. And they have a big matchup we alluded to earlier with Arsenal on, on the weekend that we'll get here into later on. But, um, you know, pretty ho-hum group and, and pretty standard at this point. Yeah, uh, if if uh, City lost this one, and that would have been three win winless, I would have probably went and bought a lottery ticket because I haven't seen that happen in a long time. But you know they respond, and the the score she doesn't uh, flatter City in my opinion. They got a goal late, and and I thought Leipzig kept it pretty respectable, although City made them look pretty toothless on the attack and. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it is City and in Leipzig. Probably, they just had to play Bayern um, at the weekend, and then they had to play City. It's not it's two not very fun matches. Um, but uh, if I'm if I'm Leipzig, I'm still kind of laser focused on the second spot here and just getting it done against young boys and Severna. Yeah, and you mentioned two tough games for RB Likes. Of course, they go up in both of those games, and they and they draw in one and lose in the other. So um, they Real. they have some fire. They have some firepower, but uh, you know they're going to have to to step it up and, and take out the big boys if they want to continue and, and advance further on in this tournament. Again, I think they still make it out of the group, but uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens now. Group the last group that we're going to discuss, and of course that is the last group is Group H. Uh, an interesting dynamic here. Barcelona with Porto is the big matchup in this one this past weekend. Some controversial calls here that give Barcelona the three points. Uh, they sit atop the table. But Daniel, for me, the the real storyline here is the second second place position. Uh, Porto, Shakhtar, uh, poor Antwerp who had a two goal lead and, and give up the points at the end. Uh, sorry to our Belgian listeners and. Uh, don't want you guys to get too upset with us, but uh, is what it is. And, and they sit at the bottom of the table with three with zero points. Uh, give me your second place pick. I, I don't want to necessarily assume that Barcelona is going to drop from the top for you, but uh, I'll assume that Barca is not going to drop from the top for you. So give me your second place <laughs> team here. Uh, Porto, 1000%. Um, they, I mean, Barca skated by in this match and it took about everything in in God's power to, to get them the three points. I mean, the refs with the, the VAR call, um, with the handball before Jao Cancelo had a handball, Ter Stegen had a couple great saves. You see Lewandowski kind of limp off. So this is this is a three points for Barca because they might, with, with being so far ahead, they might be able to rest guys, especially with their little mini injury crisis that they have currently. Um, so I think it's, Porto's second place to lose here and and kind of I don't really know who's gonna I would I suspect I guess Shakhtar now to get Europa spot but uh I really thought Antwerp was gonna be uh frisky for that third spot yeah it's unfortunate like you said we thought they were gonna be more competitive and, and they just continue to drop points that you look at an opportunity also like you mentioned with Barcelona to rest some players if they can get a big win in the next matchup against uh, against uh, Antwerp as well, um, so that'll be or excuse me, they play uh, they play the other team in the group, not uh, not to be withstanding. Oh, um, but Shakhtar, so that'll be interesting going on the road. Shakhtar gave Real Madrid a, a game last season in the Champions League, so keep an eye out for that. But if 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 Barca can get the points, they they have you know the second half of the home and home to rest some guys. I think um, it'll be an interesting time, especially with like you said some of those injuries going into El Clasico after the international break and um, how that could impact them. So we'll see what happens. 
Uh, and you hope that, you know, hope you, this becomes a more competitive group. But for me, I have the same uh, Barca, Porto. Uh, that's kind of how this group moves on. Um, we mentioned that that was the last group in Champions League. That was not the last group of the action that happened. Of course, today, Europa League dominated the scoreboard. Uh, all the teams playing across all the groups in Europa. Daniel, this is where you and your Liverpool uh, boys rested. And, and of course, uh, a tough match, uh, tougher than you probably think. Yeah, I was pretty pissed, honestly, about it. And, and we almost let them kind of get a result here at the end. We were playing with fire the last 10 minutes. And I was only able to watch probably half of this match. But uh, Darwin missed a sitter early. That kind of, I think, would have put a, a bow on, on the game pretty early. But we left it late. We, we scored a, a goal right before half. Shout out Ryan Gravenberg. He's just been phenomenal since he kind of stepped uh in, in, or put on a Liverpool shirt, I, I should say. And I mean, uh, a win's a win, but especially when you play your big boys, you expect kind of a better result here. And and maybe they kind of were looking ahead to Brighton uh, on Saturday, but uh, a win's a win here, Matt. Yeah, and you kind of look at it that way too. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, Brothers McAllister had some kind of side talk and then said, let's be a little bit easy <laughs> on each other and uh, make it more interesting now. But of course... Uh, surprise, surprising result. You still get the three points, though. You got to take it for, you know, when you can. Uh, no replays from Jurgen Klopp complaining here. So uh, a good all in all, you get the three points uh, and, and, you know, move on and, and we'll see what happens. Another team uh, in the Premier League that, you know, of course, is you've been very high on in a group that we've been interested in is, is West Ham. Um, they get three points as well. They sit atop the table. Uh, beating Freiburg today and kind of a group, a group, a clash of the group, I would say. Uh, of course, Olympiacos is there as well as, as probably more of the, the other stronger of the three of the four teams. Uh, TSC kind of sits at the bottom, rightfully so. But West Ham getting that win today, you know, kind of solidifies their place atop the group and, and obviously I think continues them into the knockout stage. And credit to David Moyes, you know, again, you know, winning Conference League last season um, and, and losing your best player, arguably, in Declan Rice and yet having a strong start in the Premier League and, and currently sit atop their group in Europa League. Yeah, they've, they've been uh, a very big surprise for me this year. And, and I think, I mean, Moyes – kind of continues to build his resume here even at an, an older age that he I guess he ages like fine wine Matt um when it comes to coaching here but yeah fought uh well-earned hard-fought victory against Freiburg Freiburg are no slouch here and 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 you see James Ward-Prowse have a big response after surprisingly getting left off the the plane for England so he responds in a big way with some goal contributions in this game and and good to see West Ham kind of punching in, punching above their weight and are not above their weight, but, but still getting results week in, week out. Yeah. And of course the other team in the premier league. And, and so all three teams in the premier league get, get a result. Um, Brighton um, who struggled again, um, going down to, to Marseille two nil, but fight back and get a draw. A big draw keeps them in the competition. If they have lost this game, Daniel, I think they're kind of, you're looking on the outside for, for a team like Brighton, uh, but a big draw there for them. Again, all three year, all three Premier League teams get a point. Uh, a good group, again, that we've talked about here in Group B, uh, you know, very com competitive. Athens as well, getting the draw with Ajax, who, who could have used the result, but um, Athens being, you know, mid-table in, in the Greek League, um, you're you're kind of expecting when Ajax takes the lead to hold on to it, but that's just been the season that Ajax have had. 
Um, and then Marseille again uh, with the draw against Brighton. Any thoughts here on, on who advances from this group or uh, is it really just kind of uh, best, may the best team win essentially? This is the Europa League group of death here. Um, Athens have, have looked great. Marseille have looked pretty good. Ajax continue to falter here. Um, I genuinely have no idea who's going to win or who's going to get knocked out. I, I honestly could not do a prediction. Uh, Brighton have struggled rotate like rotation wise. Um, so I, 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 I'm guessing at that point. So I don't even have a clue. Well, one team that we do know that will advance and one of our favorites um, across domestically and, and in the cup uh, is Bayer Leverkusen. They get three points today against Molda. Um, they, and as well as uh, FK Klarbag, are currently at six points. The other two teams are at zero points. So you kind of expect these. It's almost wrapped up, I would say, if you ask me. Uh, Frimpong, of course, gets a goal. Uh, continues his form that we've seen and talked about, you know, at length. Um, so nothing, you know, surprising there. Uh, they're going to be one of the teams to, you know, to really be uh, looking out for in in the tournament and, um, you know, and beyond. Uh, not only the tournament, but in in domestic league as well. Daniel, one of the more interesting groups as well that I thought I didn't think I would be talking about is Group C. Uh, all three teams, all four teams have three points. That that group in, includes my fourth pick and. Uh, in La Liga, which is Real Betis, who get a big result today, and, and they've been in some pretty good form. Uh, it's an interesting group there. Of course, you have Prague and Rangers, um, and you know just a, an interesting dynamic. And then Group D, another group that's it's wide open. Atalanta getting a big result against Sporting CP today. They sit atop with six points. Sporting second place with third with three points. Uh, Strum with with three points as well. So some really interesting groups here uh, in Europa League again. You know, they'll be fighting down to the wire. But one last team I wanted to talk about with you here is AS Rome, uh, Roma, uh, you know, a team. Jose Mourinho has been in the news of, of late, of course, with talking about how this is the worst performance and, and start for his teams. And uh, and they get a point, uh, a massive result, six six points right now, top of the table with Prague. Um, can this be a turning point for Roma, not only uh, for their season, but also domestically as well? We'll see. Um, I mean, they the team they played is pretty weak, so I, I wouldn't draw too many conclusions off this game. But when when your team's playing as bad as as Roma is currently, uh, a win, any win, will will do here. And and they win pretty emphatically. So maybe it's just a, a personal victory for some individuals' performances, and and that kind of spurs them on. But uh, you know, when uh when Mourinho is bringing out stats of of things he did in previous years uh to to calm like the reporters kind of questioning his his job security you know he's he's pretty rattled here so uh, it's going to be an interesting next couple months to see if if this uh roma jose romantic relationship kind of goes away in flames yeah, I know, and you mentioned earlier in the season that could be the end um, for Jose Mourinho and, and the time at Roma, but he seems to have righted the ship a little bit. Um, but to your point, talking about the Conference League, like it was the 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 greatest achievement he's ever had when he's won multiple <laughs> Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues and La Ligas, and uh, so just you know typical Jose stuff. And uh, you mentioned individual performances. Lukaku gets a goal today as well, but uh, you know Servette, not the most, you know 
difficult opponent, but they do sit atop and look at, look like they're going to advance and get to the knockout stage, which uh, Jose Mourinho in a tournament, you do not want to go against the guy, that man. He knows how to play and he knows how to yeah. advance in tournaments. So just keep an eye out for Roma. Uh, Daniel, that, you know, I know that you have an interest uh, in a couple of groups in the uh, Europa Conference League, which um, I don't know how many people are, are watching that, but uh, they too were, were in, in action today. Um, and, you know, I know that there's a couple of teams that you're curious about and want to highlight uh, for that tournament. Yeah, well, the the the, the group I, I've been focused on is, is I'm trying to remember the group name, so forgive me, but it has Aston Villa and AZ Alkmaar and Lidio. I'll Wars. help you out while you're Groupie. in the car. Groupie. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, but both of them were kind of sitting at the bottom of the group after after uh, week week two, and and I was taken away by that. And, and they both got gritty 1-0 wins at home, which is honestly pretty concerning, the fact that you're at home and – and obviously you have to rotate, but these are these are teams you should be comfortably winning by, especially after after Aston Villa were flying high, beating being a Brighton team six one. So I was kind of surprised by or taken aback by those results there. But uh, good to see that they they finally got three points here. And I just wanted to kind of quickly mention that b- before we uh, before we get done and all three all or all four teams have three points so it's a it's a wide open race still yeah you mentioned of course there's 6-1 drubbing against brighton over the the past weekend and uh just reflects and, and we've talked about it before just how how difficult these times are right now with so many games for some of some of these teams and uh you know four games in a month for some of these guys if not more so uh not surprising that both Villa and, and AZ get, you know, a little bit of a challenge, but advance and, and get the points there. But uh, Daniel, we covered a lot. It feels like there's games, you know, at every point and never ending. But when we come back, we'll dive quickly into some of the games that are coming up this weekend. Uh, a couple big ones across domestic leagues. And then, of course, um, you know, you are the hottest picker in the game right now. So we'll have to get your best bets for the folks uh, to get them ready. And then, of course, uh, folks, we, we would love to continue to interact with you guys on, on X. So please follow us, uh, Full Time Roundup. Be part of the conversation there. Please download the podcast and subscribe and leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll be right back after a quick break with some other action on the other side. And we're back. As we mentioned before the break, there's a lot going on, Daniel, and we want to try and cover it all for you. So we're going to quickly run here through some of the key matchups for this week in both uh, Premier League as well as some of the other domestic leagues. And then, of course, we got to get to your best bets, Daniel, and just on fire right now. Um, but again, want to touch on some of these big matchups. We mentioned a little bit earlier already the City-Arsenal matchup and, and kind of you know what's happening there. Of course, Rodri's out for City. Saka is going to be out for Arsenal. It looks like Um, how how much of an impact do both of those injuries uh, you know make and and have for both teams and and try and give us a a winner here because I feel like this is one of the matchups that uh, is kind of slowly under the radar as far as importance in the Premier League. It just feels like it's not getting all that hype, maybe because it is around Champions League and and before the international break. But a really big matchup uh, long term, I think, for for the title. Yeah, um, I, I liked Arsenal a lot here with Saka, but without Saka, I'm, I'm not so sure. The, the Rodri absence hurts, but when you got Grealish and, and Bernardo Silva back healthy, that, that definitely helps things. 
Um, so you can go ahead and flip a coin here. I do think City had the edge, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give these three points to City. Can't go wrong against that. I think City has Arsenal's number a little bit too, especially the way last year ended. I'll go ahead and take City as well. I think they find some form and get back into shape, especially uh, they look pretty good. And, you know, yes, on Wednesday uh, in that victory against RB Leipzig, and you mentioned the injuries. Uh, not only is Saka out, but Arsenal has a, a load of injuries right now. Uh, it'll be an interesting fight. I think it'll be a 1-0 City win. Uh, but a game that, you know, long-term we'll look back on and have pretty big ramifications for the title. Another big title matchup, although probably more so for one team than the other with Brighton slipping a little bit, is is Brighton versus Liverpool. Uh, never count out Brighton and Deserby ball, though. Deserby could sneak up on you guys and catch you. But uh, do you feel pretty confident, or, or did today give you a little pause for hesitation and how you guys are going to perform? I actually feel extremely confident about this one. Um, they also played today. Um, so, and it was, it was a way I believe too. So we, we, we were at Anfield and, and they were traveling. Um, you can fact check me on that, but I, I do feel pretty good about this. Uh, Brian play a very high line. Um, so I think we can exploit that. We also got thumped at Anfield 3-0 last year when we were kind of at our worst. And I think uh, Klopp's going to use that as bulletin board material, especially as we weren't purring as much as he would probably want midweek. So I, I think we're going to be firing in goals here. Can't disagree with you there. I think Liverpool gets it done. Another high-flying team we've talked about is Newcastle, who get a big David Moyes-West Ham team here this weekend. Uh, Jordy's get it done or, or a surprise uh, result here from a, a staunch defensive-minded West Ham? I'm going to go draw. Maybe like a 1-1 draw. I I think that uh, the Gordies are going to be flying high after they beat PSG and both teams off a win. And, and I think that it's going to be a pretty ugly, tough test here. And I think it's just going to be a 1-1 draw. I'll go one-one draw with you as well. Uh, be on the lookout though. Newcastle could be, you know, up for a counterattack. Uh, Jared Bowen goal from West Ham uh, wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if West Ham does get a result. But uh, I'll stick with a one-one draw with you. Uh, one game that definitely will not be one-one, especially with recent form. Uh, Atleti and Real Sociedad. Uh, both teams can put the ball in the net. Again, I would not have expected to say that to you earlier in the season with Atleti, but six goals in their last two games, both domestic and cup. Um, a big one here, too, as well for Atleti to keep pace with Real Madrid and Barcelona, especially with El Clasico coming up, and they could really kind of get uh, take a step forward here with this one. Um, what are you seeing from Diego Simeone's men, and uh, does Real Sociedad give him a, a, a match? Oh, Real Sociedad, 100% Gibson match. Uh, this Atletico team is not the, the you know, prototypical Simeone team. They're, they've been pretty loose at the back uh, to start the season, which is it's pretty, just pretty surprising here. And I think this is as well going to be a draw. I'm going to go 2-2. Lots of draws. I like it. I like it sitting on the fence. I'll take Atleti with my prediction of top winning the league. So I got to keep up with them and, and yeah. uh, you know, they, they keep scoring um, and you expect that Atleti defense to, to some point come back in. So if they keep scoring and they can find a way to get that defense uh, more back to what Diego Simeone is, is used to, I think you're looking at a really, really strong Atletico Madrid. So I'll take Atleti and, and I think it's a good game. I think, you know, maybe a three, one with some chances there that Real Sociedad will, will, uh, 
will regret later on, but uh, give me the three three points for Atleti. Uh, another uh, interesting matchup in, in Syria A, a team that I've been high on. I have them in my top four is Atalanta. Uh, they get their W today, like I mentioned earlier, against a very strong sporting. Uh, they play Lazio, who we've talked about their struggles, Daniel, uh, in the league especially. Do, do they kind of um, surprise some folks here? Do they build off that performance even though they lost in the Champions League? Or, or is Atleti to Atlanta, excuse me, uh, too much for these guys, uh, especially at home? I'm going to I'm gonna pick up Atalanta here. Um, Lazio have been awful, like I mentioned, away from home. And and even they did have to travel and and well both teams had to travel but uh i do think atalanta gets it done here it might be a scrappy win but uh it's a win a win is a win basically wins a win i think atalanta we've talked about them before and i think their their offensive firepower is a little bit too much for lazio something that uh, they've continued to have the last couple of seasons and you know not really known in the syria for for offense and they've been one of those teams along with Fiorentina really that uh, have put the ball in the back of the net and you start to see a lot of these other teams starting to change their style a little bit I think Atalanta you give them a lot of credit for that over the years but too much for Lazio I think Atalanta get the three points uh, last game we want to cover quickly is is of course this is a big one Daniel this is a big game for Luis Enrique uh, a bounce back performance for PSG against Ren can they get it done or do the struggles continue for for PSG we're going to find a lot about this PSG team this week. I think this is where uh, you'll we'll find out, do they have character or are they the same old PSG, just calamitous as always. Um, I think Enrique goes back to the 4-3-3 here. I think they draw against Ren, but I think the performance is a little bit more encouraging than than what we saw in the league. I mean, a draw would be very uh, well. A, a draw would be an improvement, um, certainly. But I think also a, a pretty big um, setback for them. They currently sit fifth in the league, which is very surprising at this point. That would be their fourth draw in the first eight games. Um, mm -hmm. So you're looking. I mean, for me, if they don't get a win here, you're really starting to put some question marks around Luis Enrique. I think he's. I think he's there for the long haul. I don't think that this game really determines, you know, his his performance as a manager. But you really start to feel the heat for him at this point if they get blown out by Newcastle and then, you know, again get a, a mediocre result and and drop any further in the table in in, in Liga. Uh, they're not expected to be down in fifth and certainly not expected to be lower than that. So big match up here. Um, I think PSG gets it done, uh, especially since it's at the Parc de Prince. I think they find a way to get a result, a big result coming off in a bounce-back performance. May not be reflective of where they go long-term, but I think they get a result here, um, and they and they kind of right the ship for a little bit. I did I did notice Daniel as we as we move into your best bets though. Um, no 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 mention of PSG, no mention of any French teams in your best bets. Uh, I think that's probably wise. As uh, actually, you have Monaco. Excuse me, you have Monaco in there. Uh, so you know, pretty wise. But hey, what? Who am I to question the master? Uh, continues to be on fire. Uh, so what am I talking about? What do I know? This is why I don't bet. But give the people a your recap from this past week uh, in 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 Europe in Europe games, Europe games, European games, and then uh, give us your best bets for the weekend. Yeah, um, awful. Off a losing week, what do you do? You got to show character, like I said, and and boys, we 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 responded here. Uh, it was a a profitable, profitable 
um, UCL slate for us. The parlay of the week, Bayern, Moneyline, scrappy as always, Liverpool, no sweat, Barcelona, scrappy as hell, and Lazio. I mean, talk about a bunch of dogs and that hungry dogs, if you will. And that cash is five to one. Uh, what a moment is felt when, I mean, the the hard ones were Lazio and Barca, and, and I was kind of sweating those out. But a five to one, that's that's easy money. That's up five units there. The mortal lock disgusts me. I'm I'm one in three in mortal locks, but but stay with me here. I, there was goals always in this match. I don't know really what Liverpool was doing here. As soon as I saw the lineups with Salah starting, I love this pick, and I, I just can't believe it. It didn't hit. So we're negative three units there. Still up two with the best bets. And uh, I am I am 17-9-2 in best bets this year. That is a very, very good record, not to toot my own horn here. And went uh, – one here, uh, Galatasaray Man U over was a was a no sweat cash. Uh, we we lost or we won on Brighton. We we continue to take Brighton here as they haven't had a game go under yet uh, against Marseille. And and this third best bet that lost was a painful one. Ix um, Ix versus Athens. There was I think. 30 plus shots from both teams. I think a combined XG of around four and it was only a one, one draw. So that one is painful. So, you know, don't judge me on my winners, judge me on my losers. And, and it seems like when I do lose it, it's a pretty close one. So we're up, we're up 18 units on the year. So a unit, for example, is just whatever you put on a game. So if it's 20 bucks, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, $10, we are up. 18 units in six weeks. So uh, you should probably just, you know, write down what I have to say and, and, and keep trucking here. So domestic league parlay of the week, second one this week, I am four to four and six in these. That's a pretty good clip for uh, a multiple leg parlay here. Uh, we have Spurs against Luton Spurs against the low block, but Luton is that bad. They did get, Probably their only points they will ever get the rest of the season here. So I'm going to back back Spurs, even with the injury troubles, to, to get it done. Um, I have Girona over Cadiz. Uh, Girona did get humbled against Real Madrid last week, but that is Real Madrid. Um, so I think they will bounce back in a, in a big way against Cadiz. And, and I got uh, probably the most disgusting pick of all. Chelsea against Burnley. I have Chelsea money line here, and and they've rattled off two wins here. Um, I think Burnley is very bad, and they did play on on Tuesday. Um, so you know, playing almost a, a a UCL schedule here, and I think they'll have to rotate. and And Chelsea should take care of business right before the end of the break. For mortal locks. I know you're probably sick of me, Liverpool this, Liverpool that. But, guys, this is fucking free money. Three and a half, Liverpool, Brighton. These teams do not go under, ever, ever. And with these high lines and sketchy defenses that Brighton has, and Liverpool's always prone for an error, this could be six. If you want to alt-line to four and a half, I still think that hits. So I love this play, three units or two win three units here, basically even 
uh, even odds here. Uh, last time I checked the book here. And then for bets, bets, best bets, excuse me, Liverpool money line. I think Liverpool has a score to settle with Brighton. Uh, just with the rotation, I just don't think Brighton had the depth that we do. And I think that Liverpool takes care of business here pretty comfortably. Um, second best bet, Wolfsburg, Stugart over three. Stugart did me dirty, but I think this is uh, a real test for Stugart here. And Garassi just continues to dazzle. So I think there's goals. I think this will end probably a, a 3-2, 2-3 kind of game here. So I'm not really worried about this one at all. Um, third, we go back to the well with Monaco. Monaco loves to score a goal. They also love to concede. Rems have looked great going forward. So I, I think this sails over three here pretty pretty easily. And in and, and third, or is it third? No, fourth, but not least. Oh, with the Saka, actually, you know, scratch, scratch the fourth game. Atletico, Real Sociedad, over. I liked what you had to say, Matt, even though you are a cooler and I should probably be fading you. With the soccer injury, I don't want to bet this Arsenal City over, so I'm going to have Atletico Madrid, Real Sociedad. I would suspect it's over two and a half, maybe three, but I think that's easily uh, over. Folks, I, I can attest, I saw the pain on his face as he had to take a game that I talked about. We have, if you know me, my friends that listen to the show, and then Daniel and I have talked about it, I am the cooler, so take this one at a grain of salt. Uh, but you heard the man right here, Daniel. I'm rooting for you. I'm also rooting for you to make it to the beach. I know you're still in the car, so best of luck there. <laughs> uh, I know the listeners are as well. Let's hope that the picks can keep on coming and the bank accounts can keep flowing. Uh, if you aren't following Daniel on his Twitter account, uh, follow him over there at Liverpool CLTFC for more bets. They do go up there. As also He also gives you a few extras along the way. And you can also follow us on our new handle, which is at Full Time Roundup, which we mentioned earlier. We'd love to continue the conversation with you guys and hear from hear from you on what you want to talk about on the show. Please as well download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star rating. And as always, we will see you in the next roundup. <laughs>